Hey y'all, I'm your girl Sincerely Jasmine. And I'm your boy Ed Hip, and you are now tuned in to Cultural Behavior, where every element has a seat at the table. And we are here with our guest, Catherine. Thank you so much for sitting down with us. Thank you for having me, guys. Awesome. So, like, tell us about you. Before we get started, tell us about you, what you do, um, how you got started, etc. All right. Well, born and raised in Queens, so I have to shout out to Queens. I know we're not looking too hot right now. Thank you, Nikki. Um, (laughs) But we still holding it down, all right? Uh, Mix. Wow. Right. So from Queens, I actually went to school in Philadelphia. My school is now renamed to Jefferson, but I don't respect that. So it's still Philly U. Thank you for knowing. Um, At Philly U, I did fashion merchandising and communications. And then when I was in Philly, I was meeting a whole bunch of, like, dope people and I just wanted to be a dot connector. Like, you're doing this, I wanna put you on. I wanna put an event together. I wanna just have a platform because so many of like my friends were doing dope things. Mm-hmm. In that, I became a chapter president for an organization called Bragg at my school. And then I was the events chair. So I was able to mm-hmm. give my school highlight, highlight mainly black artists in Philly at my school to give them more opportunities for internships. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of how I got my start and like my love for putting on events and connecting people. Mm-hmm. So then I decided fashion wasn't for me. And I got my MBA in marketing to focus more on learning the events and like marketing aspect. Mm-hmm. From there I took my talents back to New York, um, realized things changed drastically. <laughs> and if I was gonna try to make it in the events industry, I had to sort of align myself with someone. Mm-hmm. So I reached out to a known event producer, planner. She puts on for like um, the industry Mm. and I became her intern and then that changed into me becoming her assistant. While full time I was working for an event producer. So I was learning two different aspects. Yeah. That's sweet. So I was producing events as like a designer and then I was planning events for the industry, like sort of trying to figure out my way. Mm. Um, From there I met my business partner doing an event and we realized when it came to networking events that People only cared about who you are, who you work for, and what you can do for them. True. There was no genuine connections being made. Definitely. So we kept running into each other and sticking with each other. Mm. It didn't help that we was the darkest people in the room, the youngest people in the room. No one gave a fuck about us. No, no, my lost curve. So from there, we started brainstorming, and then we came up with Curative Vibes Group. Okay. And basically, it's supposed to be an unconventional networking agency for like-minded individuals. And we're looking for people to start connecting to the left and to the right instead of going upwards, like Issa Rae said, okay. and make genuine connections. I like that. So, so is there like anybody specifically you want to work with? Oof. Um, Carlene Roy. Okay. She's a major event producer. If you see like Rick Ross's birthday parties, Migos' oh, parties, okay, that's okay. all her. Okay, okay. Yeah. So that's the direction you're going in. That's who I want to be. Got you, got yeah. you. That's me. Yo, to be known for parties and events, you plugged in. Like, you right. know what I mean? We about to be plugged in. It's our cousin now. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? We okay, <laughs> It's our first cousin So now, when you right. do Rick Ross party, we need to be on the list. in there. We got to call gotcha. Yana for real. Right. Um, but so... I think it's interesting that you mentioned that it was one. That's like one of my favorite quotes. Issa Rae's quote about networking across. We actually mentioned that in episode before. Um, So it's crazy that you actually built your platform on that, like that. um, I guess value where uh, obviously networking is about making connections and not just like looking to meet with the biggest person, right? You know. And then another thing that I think is, and maybe maybe I'm wrong, 
um, when people go look to make these connections <clears throat> with the bigger names, they don't really get much benefit out making the connection. It's like, oh, yeah, I got to pick with such right, and such right, right. to post on the gram. But then, like, they never email me back or they never right. follow back. Right. Or they right. ne- like, you know, so it's like I've, I've all that's something that I've grown to, mm-hmm. like, kind of understand with events and just networking in general. It's like you might get a pick with your favorite stylist or your favorite artist or right. whatever or dj right um or maybe maybe even the event producer or whatever um but then it's like then where does the connection and what is the relationship I can't use go? that exactly. and turn it into something or, right or or step over and become something bigger. right is this becoming your colleague are you actually networking right. or you know like what what is it i feel um, like it's all about timing like there's certain times where people feel like, oh, I deserve to be with mm. celebrities and X, Y, Z, but you haven't done the footwork. Mm. You know, how many times have you done photo shoots? How many events have you actually covered? Right. How many things have you done? Are you credible? Right. Who as do far you as know? Your resume. Who can vouch for you? You know, things of that nature. And you know what we do. Right. It's all about that. It's exactly. all about Building who can vouch for you. You know what I mean? So, in terms of that, have you ever been like denied for any jobs because of? <laughs> Do you feel like it was like you were profiled? That's why you were not accepted? Um, so denied for jobs all the time. Um, currently been at my job almost three years. And I do say like I'm blessed where I am because personality also helps you get through the door. Right. And I'm, I'm a big personality person. Like there's see. no um, <laughs> putting on airs. Like I can't right. do that. So I'd be stuttering at in- internships, interviews and stuff because... Right. I don't want to fake the funk. Right. Like, I just want to be me. And it doesn't help that I started coloring my hair in 2016. Mm. So when I did think about leaving my job, like, I had to keep that in the back of my mind. Like, right. even though my resume speaks for itself, when I come in person, they're like, wait a minute, this girl got green hair. Like, is she even really serious? Right, right. And it's like, well, if you ask about me, not only am I serious, I'm one of the hardest effing workers okay. at my current job. Right, right, right. See, and the work is going to always outshine right. almost right. Anything. anything. Right. And these questions are so like, I don't know, they already have them written. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to come in here right. and ask you what corporate said, ask this individual versus questioning, why did you put your hair like that? Or what is that about? Let me get a little more personal with you mm, exactly. before I bring you on the team. That way I know what I'm walking away from. You know what I mean? Because that way, say for or instance, you, right, because what if I brought you here and like, oh, yeah, I want to interview you for such and such. And as soon as I saw your hair, I'm like, Jazz, no, tell her get out of here. And then I see you on TV next week. You know, and that's how it happened. You know what I mean? And that's how it always happens. So it's like, always be you. And I like the fact that you don't want to change just for a job or you don't want to look a certain way just to get in the door. Because, like, women today are becoming, you know, a strong force. You know what I mean? It's all about being who you are and and being strong. Being unapologetic. Exactly. And that's something that we we speak on a lot here, Um, just identity. Um, and that's why when you reached out, I'm like, this is great. Like, it's great to actually sit down and talk to her just like about not only your uh, business and your story, but identity and how you actually identify because you are a statement. Like, you know, like, and it's, it's very interesting that you said that fashion wasn't for you because, like, look at you. Like, you can't tell me that fashion not, not for you. She just yeah, threw it's this just together. Right. Like, Literally, I'm, though. Yeah, like. Make it fashion. Right. Um, so, like, with that, um, just speaking on identity, you said 2016 is when you kind of mm-hmm. broke into this, like, hair color. Like, you know, like, actually. Was like, it so a bad relationship? Sorry. It wasn't, actually. Oh, yeah. what got you, that was going to be my question. What got you, like, what, what made you take that step of, like, you know what? I don't care what people think. This is what I want to do. Like, how were you able to actually 
take that step? I think that's a dope question. Um, usually people like frame it weird where it's like, I don't really know what right. you looking for me to say to that. Yeah, like how did you make your transition and make being a statement? Right. Um, so I think it was, I was influenced by one of my good friends and she's also from Philadelphia as well. She had this dope short like green bob and I was like, damn, that looks fly. But she works in fashion and retail, like she can get away with it. Right. I was doing carnival for the first time in 2016. Mm. And I was like, all right, I have to like pop and like look different. We all look the same. We wear in the same costumes. Right. What can I do to make myself look different? And then I asked my job as I was being interviewed, I was like, do you guys have policies or protocols around hair color? Mm. And then the recruiter looked at me and she was like, well, what are you trying to do? Right. And I was like, I'm trying to do it all, actually. Mm. And then she was like, I just hired somebody with like purple hair. We don't care. Like you can do you. So that was the first like co-sign that I needed. I won't get fired for this. Cool. So then I tested it out with like simple braids, pastel, like warm, cool. And then once I didn't get in trouble for it, I was like, okay, let's spice it up. (laughs) Right. Let's spice this up. Then I still got my job. Um, And then I did bright neon green. And I did that for Carnival. Right. So after doing that, just the feedback I was getting, just how comfortable I was feeling. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, as a woman, we have so many insecurities all the time. So that made me feel confident. And I know, like, people will look at me a little weird. It doesn't help that 6ix9ine was out here with colorful hair. (laughs) Right, right. But between feeling more confident in myself, between seeing little girls look at me and their eyes are bugging open and they're with their dads and they're saying how much they love my hair. And just thinking, like, I was always this weird person growing up but having to suppress it because of wanting to be cool. Right. And then seeing like other kids looking up to me like, wow, she's out here, she's confident. I can be that, like there's room for me to do that. Mm -hmm. So it turned into this thing bigger than me, where it's more so representation, as well as representation in corporate. So technically I work in tech, so it's not really corporate, but it is a corporate job. It's a publicly traded company. And I'm breaking down so many stigmas. Like you can't say I can't have tattoos. You can't say I have colored hair and I'm not a serious worker. Mm-hmm. I know this is bringing more attention to me, so it made me work ten times harder at my job. Yeah. Where now I have like higher execs asking me like genuine interest and feedback, and I can have those confident, hard conversations without them thinking like, "Oh, this girl's not even serious." Right. right. Yeah. See, and. Today, you always walk in the door feeling like, why are they staring at me? Mm-hmm. What's wrong? Like, you know what I mean? Like, even though they don't know you, but they're right. already prejudging you. Right. They already judge people by their name. So, right. you know, bad right. enough. Right. And it doesn't help that my name is white as hell. Yeah. Like, I'm like, Italian. What, the rainbow here? Like, okay. <laughs> right. So they're like, oh, this little Italian girl's yeah, going to walk in. Exactly. Then here I come with my half black yeah. resume. Right. Explain. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're sitting oh, there like, hold up. Who did we it. just invite here? Exactly. But the, I think it's awesome because just like, um, like you're saying, the stigma of like people looking at you for being different is going to always be there. But I also think as we're progressing, um, and, and as I said this earlier, like women are breaking barriers, you know, sure like um, so as we're continuing to break these barriers and like continuing to like uh, be more important and respected right. as women, I think our identity is becoming more comfortable yeah. and women are becoming more comfortable in their own skin. And it's, it's interesting that you said that you didn't make this transition in 2016 because you can't tell me that you haven't had color hair. Yeah, your whole life. I thought she was doing that at 10. Been. Yeah, like you can't tell I me wish. that you wasn't the kid who had like the dark, like you know, the blue braids right. and the purple braids. Like I tried. I didn't sneak just, like, little ones in there so as much as like my mama wouldn't whip me, you know. <laughs> It's interesting that it took the 2016 and you become comfortable in your career and comfortable in 
within like yourself to be like you know what I don't care like right. you know my work speaks for itself this is who I want to this is who I am and this is what I want to do you either going to let me do it or I'm going to go do it great right. somewhere else exactly so, that's literally it literally <laughs> word so is your like personality intimidating to men being as though you're so strong and you don't really care about you know what people feel I I mean you'd have to ask them but <laughs> <laughs> if you would ask me I would say yes and no mm. um, the reason why I would say yes and no is is it probably intimidating for white men? Yes. Okay. Um, even though my father's a white man, which is also really funny, like the interesting relationships I have with white men. Mm. Um, black men, some yes, some no. Gay men love me. Okay. Duh. <laughs> um, but with black men, I think it's, I'm such a, I want to say an advocate or like rally behind them so much, behind y'all so much because we have to do this together. Yep. Right, right. Like the way that we are talking about Women's History Month and um, how much love we're getting, we need that love from black men. Mm-hmm. We definitely have to look out for each other so much more now in today's climate. Definitely. We can't be divided. I agree. So I think with the way that I have such like close guy friends, um, even like whatever you wanna call type of relationships I have, like we have that respect there because like, I like to say that Erica Badu, I listen. Okay. <laughs> so I'm sitting there, I'm listening to you, I'm having your back, but then I'm also challenging you. So right. I'm challenging your thoughts, but not in a disrespectful manner. Because yep. I want to hear or try to understand where you're coming from. And then I'm advocating more for the mental health. Like right. we focus so much on girls and I was so happy for that. Like I'm in therapy now, black girl, um, black girls for therapy, black therapy for girls. Whatever that website is, mm-hmm. they circulated one for males finally. Oh, really? So I've been pushing that out. One of my good friends is a therapist. She works at a place where they're focusing on black men as well. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. we need that. Like, yeah. Definitely. More than people know. Definitely, right. you know definitely. I mean? We and, all do. Um, as soon as we go off the deep end, we're judged. You know, we never have anybody pull, pull us over and say, you need to talk. You know, or, right. or, okay. I noticed right. your last post. We don't use like social media to like figure out what people are going through. We right. just put them in a box and then judge them. So you know, follow them for not being. Yeah, or block you because you said something. And yeah. it's like, well, wait, I didn't know where he was coming from. Right. You know what I mean? And to be able to go to a website, or is it a physical place? or? So it's a physical place in Brooklyn, okay. um, and then there is a website circulating. Okay, yeah, we definitely need that. To yeah, like we definitely got to find that um, information. Um, we're going to hit on a quick break. We'll be right back. Cultural Behavior with Catherine. All right. You're now tuning into Cultural Behavior. It's your boy, Ed Hip, and we're here with Catherine. Yo. Were you able to get that website? Yes. So it's therapyforblackgirls.com okay. and then therapyforblackmen.org. Got oh, it. Oh, it's different. Yeah. Got you, got you, got you. We so need that. So what is it? Therapy? Therapyforblackgirls.com. Therapyforblackmen.org. Okay. okay. Cool, we definitely cool. want to make sure that we got that bit of information. I'm going to do a review about it, too, because um, I, I need to check that out. Yeah. Um, it's actually, That's something I'm, I'm going to look into it as well. I've definitely been looking for um, a therapist. I think it's very important that and we try to always touch base on mental health Mm -hmm. um just because not only uh as young colored people um but also as creatives and entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. and people who are doing so many different things um and just like kind of overwhelmed anxious stressed Mm -hmm. like all the time all of those all of those emotions (laughs) we just need a hug sometimes so just experience all experiencing all of those emotions like with you particularly finishing school working in corporate um 
even with identifying the way that you do like it's just like a lot of different pressure on top of managing a business and you know right. uh having events producing events attending events like so how does that like affect your mental health and um it affects it tremendously there's like i've realized i've become more moody now and it's because of the fact that it's a whirlwind of emotions. Yeah. It's I'm excited one day, I'm pissed the next day, I'm stressed out the other day, um, I'm tired, I fall asleep early, I'm up too late, I'm anxious, like, and I suffer with anxiety, so like that doesn't help. Right. And then I just always feel overwhelmed. Like no matter what day it is, I feel overwhelmed. Right. And then as creatives, we have this weird thing where we feel guilty when we're not being productive. Yep. Wow. And then that weighs on your mental health too. So I'm laying in bed trying to like, okay, self-care, you just gonna binge watch Netflix for a little bit, and then you're sitting there like, you could be sending this email, you didn't respond to this yep. person, you gotta fix this content, you gotta plan this event, you gotta reach out to this person, and you're trying to talk yourself down, like, be in the moment, yep. be still. I'm human. Right, yeah. like, I a can enjoy A balance of, like, being a human and, like, a robot, like, right. you know, having so much going on yeah. is so overwhelming. Um, and I feel like, obviously, we all have a lot going on, so I think right. it's just something we all need to, like, kind of sit down and identify, like, hey, I'm not okay right now. You know, yes. like I'm overwhelmed. I'm stressed. I might need to talk to someone about this. Right. Um, I so just like, think it's important. But who do we talk to at this point? You know, like right. a lot of us, yeah, we can go on that website, but who's like, you know, somebody we can just reach right out to and say, hey, I'm going through XYZ and get a direct response. Right. You know, it's like at this point, there's not too many old heads that really like take people under their wings and be like, yo, I was just there 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. This is how you do XYZ. You know, what I mean, there was competition. But I don't think it's you need to look to someone um, specifically. What I've learned in the past year, maybe two years, mm -hmm. is making sure you're having the right people in your corner. So let's say if you hit me up and you just hit me up with a vent, and I know my mind isn't there, but I'm trying to be there for you, mm -hmm. I can say, hey, I'm going to get back to you tomorrow. Right. I just can't do it for you today. Right. right. Especially like when you're that go-to person or when you're the strong friend. Like right. who's checking on the strong friend? Very important. And there's more people that are starting to recognize that and like check in. Mm -hmm. So you have to sort of reevaluate who's in your corner and who's on your side mm -hmm. and who you want in your corner and who you want on your side. Like Definitely. who is my starting five lineup? Right. Like I know today X isn't available. Let me go to A. Right. And then also having my therapist has been like a godsend because it's you don't want to put that burden on anybody like you said we're all going through things right. this is someone who's licensed to listen to you talk right. about yourself true that true and so your I'd be like, Leslie, girl. something else right <laughs> i'm coming in today right. um, but i think it's important that like not only as creatives but just like as like young people is that yeah. we be mindful that you do have those people that just vent and like sometimes i personally feel like nobody checks on me like nobody's like how Same. you doing right, like you know and i'm right. just like everybody's like oh proud of you see you doing this like you know keep working like everybody supports the grind everybody supports the motion everybody supports the productivity but not many people are like hey how you feeling right. i see you're doing a lot right um everything okay like you know like right. it's like it just becomes normal whereas like yeah this person wears a tons of head like they're always in, in motion they're always going to be mm -hmm. okay like them right like them and being they're the ones that are teetering on this line right. of cracking. Them being productive, Yo. them being super active and in motion, like, I mean, in, in motion means that they're fine. Right. And I'm right. like, that's the opposite. So Complete I feel like opposite. that's like a creative like message that we need to get out there. Just like, just because people like, usually the busiest people are like, 
the saddest people or like you know the most right. overwhelmed and like emotional people i agree so. i agree you see what our conversations are like right like outside of you know anything else we always talking about building something and creating right. something exactly. but the headache of actually making it come to the light is what makes you stress make mm -hmm. you hide make you wonder is this content going to be worth it yep. right. you know it's just a lot with it and these are struggles that didn't exist a few years ago right you know just it like looking yeah looking at these new jobs like social media marketing right what was that 15 right. years ago mm -hmm. so it's like right now we have to like learn how to adapt to the new things coming our way as as well as pick and choose our battles right you know some of us want to be so busy we don't even realize what we're in yeah until it's time to like actually produce right. and then it's like what is this you know I like, like you I say like pick this. and choose your battles because i've like grown like i can tell you maybe 2015 like when i first graduated i came home i was just doing like a bunch of events and like being super active working with all these people working on all these projects and i just was like i was just burning myself out but mm -hmm. i felt like the more active i was it was like whatever i'll oh you want to collab you want to do this like i was just taking Saying everything, yes everything. Right. like every engagement everything that like fell yeah, onto my lap i just energy. was like and now i'm like it's okay to not text back. Before I responded to every email, <laughs> right. that was I responded to every text. I answered every call. Now I just look at my phone like I'm gonna give you a call back. Sometimes you call, I might text you like, "Hey, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm about to lay down." Um, like I value my sleep. That's yeah. something like you know, like my sleep is my sanity. So it's like I will ignore a phone call. I will ignore a text. I will like, "Hey, I'll email this back." Like it, it'd be money right. in my email. Like wait and like, "Hey, <laughs> yeah. trying to get this." you know mm -hmm. invoice through to you and it's like i'm gonna get there tomorrow at eight because right. that's my business right. hours yeah. my business hours start at you eight come first. <laughs> you definitely come first and that brings me to my next question like where do you see yourself in the next few years not even with a number but just looking ahead where do you see yourself going um that's hard because five years ago i don't think i thought i'd be here mm -hmm. so I don't really have where I see myself. I know where I'd like to be. Like, I'd like to own in New York, which is very hard. And I didn't want to own five years ago. Okay. And now seeing gentrification, I know it's hitting Philly too. Yeah. Seeing gentrification in New York, it's like, how do I own? And it's like, I don't want to own for myself. I want to own for the culture. Right. Like, Same. I want to have Black Wall Street come back. Same. I want to be a part of it. I want to bring that back. Mm -hmm. So that's what I see in five years, whether it's a storefront whether I put in with other people as an investment, whether it's just for me and I'm letting people have access to it or see a different example. That's one thing I see for myself. Um, I'd like this finger to like have something on it, a little shiny, <laughs> you know? So to, nice. to somebody wow. out Somebody, I mean, I'm hella single, <laughs> so I need someone to shop this. Somebody. Somebody check ready. it for you. <laughs> you know? That's a um, But I wanna just be a representation of breaking down a lot of stigmas. I like that. Um, especially within our culture, especially when it comes to women, black women, corporate, um, being unapologetic, right. having these conversations, normalizing these conversations. Like, that's what I want my legacy to be. Right. It's bigger than what, like, I do. Like, yes, I put on these events. Yes, I help people. Yes, I attend these events. Yes, this person knows me. Yes, I do this at my job. But I don't want those things to define me. Right. I want to be defined by being this person. Right. I like that. So, I'm all with the Black Wall Street. Yeah, I was about to say, so let's get into the Black Wall let's Street. Let's bring it back. So what do you know exactly about the old Wall Street, Black Wall Street? I know the last owner just recently passed. 
Right. So yeah, that means so the door's the open. All, they're right. all gone, so we got to be the ones to bring it back. Yeah, definitely. And a lot of that is happening. Um, I kept hearing a lot of stuff about uh, Jay-Z and uh, Diddy trying to do something similar to that. I don't know exactly what direction that would be going really in, dope. That would be. But how if much access will we have, though, to that? I think if anybody can start it, they would be probably the two most powerful forces to kind of get it going, like not only by finances, but also influence, like, right. you know? So like, I definitely think like, I mean, everybody might not love them or love how right. they, you know, do things, but right. as far as like influence um, in the culture and business, like, you know, like in our communities, but also like the way our like title, like, you know, like revolt, mm -hmm. like, you know, like the, these are people who are making major, impressions in our culture so i think if anybody i trust jay-z and diddy to run black wall street <laughs> i agree i agree i just wonder like would creatives at all levels have a, a fair okay. chance right to you know utilize the platform right because just because it exists doesn't mean we're benefiting 100 that's 100 you know true I mean? like people talk about uh rock nation all the time and it's the it sounds so decent to actually be a part if you're a part but yeah. If you can actually get in those rooms, you gotta do what you gotta do. But if you can't, you gotta start creating opportunities for yourself. Right. And that's what a lot of us don't do. They go and crawl under a rock and be like, well, they didn't they want discouraged. me, am I still good, this, this, and that. And it's not enough of us telling each other like, yo, you worth it, we good. Right. Let's do this together. Like me and you, we right. always trying to build. Right. And I don't see a lot of people doing that. It's either two men or it's a whole bunch of other people. Me and right. her, it's just be me and her. You know what I mean? And we still here with it, but. Especially when it comes to like, you, you're talking about ownership, you're talking about properties, you know, we're talking about actual wealth. I think it's very important that like, not only in business, like, you know, partnerships and stuff like that that we actually come together like while we can like what we got the time we, we got to the distribute energy, the wealth we got right. the time and opportunity to make the money I so i think it's very important that we come together like this is a conversation that i had like with my family um like it's time for us to start a legacy like if we don't do it now then like when is it going to happen right. so it's important that these conversations are happening and i personally think a lot of people are starting to take that step into investing into wealth mm -hmm. um especially like black you know young colored right, right, right. entrepreneurs, creatives starting to actually make that investment into real estate, ownership, whether it's a business, getting things actually right. registered um, legally, right. um, ownership of names, ownership of music. We Logos, talked about this. Because that's how we always get appropriated. Everything yep. about us gets appropriated. Yep. We get appropriated, then we get disrespected and disregarded. Yep. So we have to like start now. Absolutely. We got to be the creators of tomorrow and stop just falling in line. Right. right. There's so many of us just out here working jobs that people create and we don't really know the mission. Mm -hmm. We just falling in line for a check. Yeah. Like, but we'll be able to tell people, like, you work with our brand. This is why. This is what you'll get. This is where you can go right. if you do And this is the, the opportunity that right. and this is where we can actually leave. So it's funny because I actually said that when we was on break. Like, I'm about to buy a house and here she go talking about ownership. Say the universe. Um, so, yeah, yeah definitely all for ownership um so tell us a little bit more about the type of events so you guys have a model of being the unconventional uh networking events which i thought was like really different because first you spoke on like actually networking mm -hmm. which is important right like a lot of networking <laughs> events you don't network you go with your homie mm -hmm. you know you bring your right. girlfriend you drink or your everything boyfriend. in the open bar right you get the little open bar access you get a drink or two mm -hmm. stop at the vendors if there's any vendors and then right. bounce like you know it's like did you actually benefit from these networking events um so tell us a little bit about some of the type of events that you do and what make them unconventional 
Um, well, it also is more so like who we focusing on. So we mm-hmm. want to focus on the underdogs, the misfits, the ones that don't think like, oh, I'm not good enough. Let me not try to put something out there. They're sitting on an idea, but they're not taking it further. They also don't know how to take it further or know if anyone will believe in them. So that's like who we want to primarily focus on. And then we like to say that we focus on the side hustler. So, you know, living in New York, you got to have 10 different streams of income just to pay your rent. (laughs) Um, So everybody has a day job, but then they have their side hustle that they're passionate about, like that passion project. But to them, that's who they are. That's their creative outlet. So we want to focus on that person as well. Um, And then with our events is we don't have name tags. Please don't bring your business cards. Um, We don't say that, but that's like the vibe of our events. Right. So some of our events, like for an example, we have an annual event called Brunch in Bed, and it came with a play on three different things. So Brunch in Bed, Bed being in Bed-Stuy. Oh. Bed being Come As You Are, because as millennials, as young people, we're hella tired and we love our bed and we undervalue our bed. So much. So we're taking away the whole brunch, you know, brunch in New York, I'm sure it's in like that in Philly too. You got to come dress, you got your heels on, you got a whole outfit. We don't care. Come in your sneakers, come in your pajamas. People dead rolled up in like robes. It was cute to see. Um, And we did four different stations with four different caterers. So emerging chefs and they only had one dish to do so they can promote their signature dish, get their name out there. Um, And then we had a bar by like one of our favorite mixologists. She has her own dope brand that she's getting off the ground as well, but she is known for being a mixologist in New York. And then we had like a mimosa bar where we had like nectars and juices and they were all like local. And then we all tied a theme to it. So you don't even realize you bouncing around to these different chefs and stuff. Mm-hmm. You're talking to them. You're networking. You right. realize you're networking. Right. And then for our second go round, we did the insecure finale. So now we added in another element. You were all as a community. Black Twitter is here in real life watching the insecure finale right. together. And then we had like games, of course, to like break that weird ice. Mm-hmm. Um, so people are getting drunk, slapping down the giant <laughs> Uno cards. Right. And then at the end of the night, like seeing people come up to me like, yo, I didn't know you were doing this. Like, I'm a DJ, too. I'd love to get on to your next event. Watching someone get hired after one of our events. Um, We had another event that focused strictly on mental health called Get Your Life. Oh, wow. And we had a therapist there and a girl was coming from Jersey. And I know that she suffers from depression and she gets social anxiety. So her being there and at the end of the event, her giving me a hug and telling me how much she was happy she took the journey to New York and New York scares her. And how much she fell in love with one of the girls who was there who was a therapist. Followed her. She texted her husband at the event saying, oh, we got to talk tonight. And like had this hard conversation that was been weighing on her. And that was one of our smaller events. So that's another thing, too. We're very intimate in our events. We don't like going more than 40 or 50. I like that. Because, you know, crowds can get overwhelming. And then our activities, we don't like going more than 20. Okay. So now we're making it easier for you to talk amongst yourselves, talk across the room. Right, actually network. Exactly. And the whole thing behind it is you're building meaningful relationships, regardless if it's going to be professional or personal. Right. You don't know if the person you were sitting next to talking up all night, you got their Instagram. Three months later, you realize you need a photographer. Oh, yeah, you met this photographer. Right. You love their energy. You know they're not going right. to dick you over because right. you met the genuine right. person behind the talent. And now you got that connection. True. And we've watched that happen. And that's what's rewarding for us. That's dope. That's so dope. Yeah, I think it's really important to create that intimacy when it comes to networking. Because sometimes you kind of got to force it. Like, hey, right. it's only a little bit of us here. So we got to talk. <laughs> yeah, you got to <laughs> do what you got. Definitely, what, definitely. How often do you guys have, like, events? Um, 
when we first started, we wanted to do one every month. That didn't happen, but in our first year, we did hit 12 events in total. Two of them were out of state, so we were happy about that. This month alone, we have three. April, we have three, and then May, we're quiet, and then June, we have one, and then we come back in um, September. So I think I'll just say roughly, we'll probably do 12 a year. Okay. okay. And it comes with doing our own, as well as helping others. So we also get hired to produce others' events, too. I like that's that. Dope. That's so That's, that's really decent. I never heard nothing like that. I know a lot of people that will probably benefit from just pulling up to something. Right, exactly, right. and actually networking. Yeah. Um, so we're going to head to a quick break, and we'll be right back The Cultural Behavior, and we're here with Catherine. Yep. Welcome back to Cultural Behavior. We are still here with our girl, Catherine. Um, so I know when we first started talking about booking you for the show, you was telling me, like, I'm traveling. <laughs> like, so we kind of went back and forth with a couple of dates. Um, so tell me about your trip. Where'd you, where are you coming from? Um, I just got back from Thailand. It was my first time ever in Asia. Um, that flight is wild. How long was it? Yeah, how long is it? 19 hours. Oh, it's yeah. almost a day. Yeah. So it's, you had connecting flights or that's straight? Oh, no, it wasn't straight. Oh. So I had a little layover. On the way there, it was easier. It was a four-hour layover, um, and my flight left at, like, midnight. So I, like, slept for majority of that flight. And then the little four-hour flight, I was like, all right, I can make it through this. Yeah. Right. On the way back was a little bit brutal. Um, it started in the morning. Our layover, I think, was eight hours. Mm. But then we left that morning, and technically I landed that same night in New York, so it was oh, my, the time difference. Yeah, I was oh, all thrown right. off a little bit. How, what's the time difference for? 12 hours. 12 hours, Jesus. Wait, so it's like you never did something. <laughs> right. <laughs> Wait. Right, like, I just never had <laughs> Like, I didn't even go nowhere. Traveling, like, like, out of the country is so crazy. Like, those, like, double-digit flights mm-hmm. in, like, 19 hours, I would look at that and be like, I want to go, but not that bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, tell us about your experience there. Like, how, I want, I definitely want to go to Thailand. That's definitely one of the places that's on my list, uh, traveling list. So, how was your experience there? It was it was amazing. Um, I've been looking into Buddhism a little bit, so oh, cool. seeing how prevalent like Buddhism is there, the temples they have there, and my friend knew somebody that lived in Bangkok, and he's actually studying to be a monk. Wow! So going to temples with him and he's explaining things wow. like that was a whole different experience for me, and that was one of the most like amazing experiences that I have. That's something I'm going to hold on to from that trip. Definitely. I do love traveling a lot because, you know, I'm from New York. It's a melting pot. Um, I'm biracial, so I'm black and white, so I'm already a melting pot. Right. Mm-hmm. When you get to experience these different cultures, it sort of helps you be, like, more aware, more appreciative. You, like, lose stereotypes. You're understanding a little bit more. So for their culture, um, it's fast. Like, Bangkok is fast. Uh, everything that everybody said when it's, like, a city, they're not lying. Phuket is more like beach, party, islands. Right. Um, and then Chiang Mai is more like reserved, creative. It reminds me a little bit of like Austin, how Austin's popping off. Really? That's what Chiang Mai reminded me oh, of. Wow. Yeah. Austin's like a dope vibe. So it's funny yeah. you like. Uh, I always try to like connect it to yeah, something. Like, what does this remind I totally me of? Get what you mean by that. But it's amazing. Um, honestly, I would recommend it to anybody and everybody. Reason being is my round trip was like $500. Oh, mm-hmm. I take the 19 Who is your hours. Mm-hmm. Right? You gotta use Hopper, <laughs> um, and that's the thing that I like. Like to I don't like to talk about money, but when it comes to traveling, I'll talk about money because I want us to lose the oh I can't afford this. Definitely, if you do certain things smart, you can definitely afford it. Like you're gonna spend that money throughout the year. You're right. gonna spend it on a bag. You're gonna spend it definitely. going to the bar. 
what if you sat out from the bar for one month? What if you didn't buy lunch every day for one month? Right. You can take right. yourself to Asia. You have it. That's and mean. like our currency exchange rate is wild. We ate for like three dollars. Wow. Happy hour drinks. Jameson was three dollars. Wow. In US. So it was wild cheap there. Even wow. buying souvenirs, buying clothes. And I went in with a stigma like, oh, I'm a thick black girl. Like, ain't none of their clothes gonna fit right. me. I don't need to bring extra money. No, they know tourists are coming and <laughs> shit is hella cheap. Wow. So wow. um it was definitely a different experience. Um and as a black girl being there, I think because it is becoming more popular in our culture to travel to Asia, travel to Thailand, they're not like, oh my God, black person, let me take a picture. They must be right. Beyonce. <laughs> oh they sort of like walk past you it's, or just think automatically like, oh, American, like let right. me just try to get their money. Like I don't care what their skin color right. is. What's the energy? Like when they see you, what is the energy since it's not Especially bad? with all this mm. colorful hair, it's like the they're not you used bring, to it. You know? I got a little Nicki Minaj reference when wow. I went out one night, and mm-hmm. it was kind of funny. I was like, oh, y'all know Nicki Minaj? Like, I didn't realize how much our pop culture influenced them as well. Mm-hmm. They also are very influenced by K-pop, which is like that mm-hmm. Korean pop. Yeah. Yeah, um, I know nothing about that, so that was a culture shock for me, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it was anything that made me feel wildly uncomfortable. I got the weird hair-touching thing mm. a few times, but I probably feel like we I get like it more <laughs> in America with white girls and boys than I did there. Okay. okay so. Cool. So was that business, or you were just going for vacation? It was pleasure. It was just for yeah, me. Yeah. Uh, you um, need that. Yeah. I need to separate the two. I balance it out. Yeah, good, good. We all, I think it's important, like you said, just like to talk about it not being unattainable, like traveling mm-hmm. while young and black. I think it's so important. Like, you know, like whether it's putting four or $500 aside or, you know, putting something down for whatever or grinding it out, I think it's really important that we do travel. I know me and Ed both was talking about trying to take trips and needing a vacation. I agree. And it's, it's good to set that time aside. Because right. you're either going to spend it doing something you regret or mm-hmm. doing nothing. Right. <laughs> you know spending I mean? them, exactly. Spending the money on lunch and happy hour and coffee. That's where I spent all my money. It's so hard. <laughs> and I know. And I know. Like, I'm mindful of it. I'm just like, I should stop buying coffee. I should stop buying lunch. I should start saving. And, like, it's, it's like something you noticeably, like, do. But it's like, we really need it. Yeah. I try and to, like. little things you could do. Like, if you can switch it out. So, I started bringing my own lunch. And mm-hmm. that's been a thing. Like, that's the one thing that I'll put, like. No, you're going to bring your own lunch. Other things, I still, oh, let me just swipe my card, swipe my card, swipe my card. I'm like, damn, that goes my whole check. Right. right. I should have just bought lunch. Right. <laughs> like, I get it. The difference between, like, me, I try to, like, hustle up the money I'm spending in another area. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, all right, dang, I spend 150 a month on dumb stuff. Let me try yeah. to get some gigs going. Right. So I'm making like, right back. That money going right back. You know what I mean? I never want to feel like, like I'm losing. Time. Whenever I travel, that's something that I say whenever I travel. I don't really, like, I like to travel without a care. Like, I don't like to go on a budget. I yeah. like, like, no matter where I'm going, I want to be with able it? to, like, if I'm, <laughs> if I'm going somewhere, which I don't do, like, very often, but if I'm going somewhere, it's like, I'm not trying to travel on a budget. I want to be able to live my life. Those so I always kind of set these times. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm going to try to set these, but I try to set these times where it's like, okay, well, this month I'm going to really grind it up. You know, so I'm going to definitely make a, gr- a grand extra, yeah, whether, yeah. you know, outside of work, at work, whatever. Um, so I always make sure that whenever 
whenever I, I travel, I come back to money. Whether it's a check at work, like, okay, mm-hmm. you get paid this week, I'm going to go on vacation right. this week. That's smart. So when yeah. I come back, I know I get it. Um, if not, it's like, okay, well, I know I got this gig coming up. I'm going to have right. $500 as soon as I you know, come back from here. Right. So I, I just always like to come back to money. Yeah, so yeah. I don't worry about what I spent. It makes you anxious. Mm-hmm. And at some point during vacations, and I'm guilty for this, I start feeling guilty before I get back home. Yep. I'm like, sheesh, I just sandwiches you got to make for the week. And right. I didn't reply to nobody because I said I was going to be out of town. <laughs> I could have been coming back to money, That'd but right. it's like at this point, being as I've been in that boat so many times when I've done stuff and came back, I'm just like, okay, let well, me set stuff different. up. Yeah, let me do something different. Let me try to take more like group trips with my friends. So we all come back trying to get to it. Yeah, that right. way I'm not just saying, yo, Jazz, I got such and such to do. And she just going about her regular day. Right. She coming back like, yo, I got to make it back too. You know what I mean? Right. So like to do more things together but actually like help each other balance it out mm-hmm. it shouldn't make it so scary because i mean mm-hmm. i still want to travel with you Oprah. right exactly even though you now, <laughs> even though you out here buying furs you, like, you gotta build the budget up and yeah. I, I just think and this will be my last thing about traveling i think it's important for us as young black people is essential to travel as creatives because yes. when you take these trips whether short a week long however um, you come back so inspired. And I don't know mm-hmm. if I'm the only one. Like, just nope. being on an airplane, <laughs> nope. a train, whatever, is so inspiring. Like, yeah, so I come back with a million ideas all the time. So it's so inspiring. Um, we're going to take a quick break. We are here with Cultural Behavior with Catherine. We'll be right back. So. You are now tuning in to Cultural Behavior. We're here with Catherine. You're. You're. I do one time for New York. So, wait. <laughs> Do you only do, do you guys only do events in New York? No, we've been to Philly, we've been to D.C., um, and we've been in talks about being in Atlanta. Okay, but you are New York-based? We're on New York-based because that's where we all live. And, okay, so yeah. it's so crazy. I had no idea you lived in New York. I thought you lived in Philly. Uh, so, it's my second city. It's my second home, so I stay in tune in what's going on in Philly because, right. like, as yeah. much as I hate to say it, I have love for y'all. Y'all help me come out yeah. my show. Well, we appreciate so. you. We love. appreciate you coming <laughs> all the way from New York to just sit down yeah. with the whole us. Yeah. I had no, no idea. Oh, we really we're, appreciate we're, it. I, pre- I really do appreciate it. It's that's decent. That's crazy. Because I, I honestly hate the ride from Philly to New York. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't like nothing car. about the tunnel. I hate everything. Like the back roads. I, <laughs> I kind of like it because um, it gives me solitude. It's just me and my right. car and yeah. whatever music that's I want to listen to. Yeah. Well, tell the people where they can find you, your business, social media, all that. You can follow me on Instagram at RetroBarbie92. My company is Curated Vibes Group. Um, and then on Twitter, I'm Monster underscore Barbie with a three, not an E at the end. Um, it's been that way since... 09. I've debated changing it, but people call me that in the street. So, are you a Nicki fan? So, I was a Nicki Minaj and a Lady Gaga fan in 09 because that's when they really came right. out and they're both from New York and it. they both Monster were the weird. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh, they doing it for the girls? They doing something different? Like, I heavy was behind them and then, you know. 
all okay. this stuff that happened. We're here. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you put thought behind that. Right. Know? Some people just name anything. Like, right. I was that person. I would name anything that come to my head. When it comes to, like, usernames, and I go, look, like, this is horrible. <laughs> like, how am I to go in here? Yeah, right. I'm about to go in here and explain who I am. And they're like, well, the name doesn't make sense. Like, bro, what is that? <laughs> I hate explaining names. So that's, that's decent. I, I instantly thought of Nikki, though, when you said it. Well, at least you got it. Yeah. The monster part, some people get it. If they're a Gaga fan, yeah, they get it. Right now, I get it. I didn't think I didn't think Gaga. What I thought was that Rick Monster, Ross, Nicki Minaj. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm like, oh, she was really queens uh, well, with no, it. No, but even though that is my favorite Nicki verse, like that's the sure. only verse I can rap from For beginning sure. to end. But it that is really her best verse. I agree. It is, and that's her best. Hope was on there too, right? Yeah, Ross. That was a great Kanye. Song. Yeah, and I feel like I'm. Oh, it was Kanye's song. Mm-hmm. I'm tripping. I'm yeah. talking about Rick Ross song. Right, but so true. Thank you so much for driving all the way from New York to sit down with us. Thanks for um, having me. This was fun. Thank you guys Appreciate for tuning it. in to Cultural Behavior, where every element has a seat at the table. Definitely stay tuned for our next episode. Absolutely. I'm your boy, Yad Hip. I'm Sincerely Jasmine, and this is Cultural Behavior. Are we out of here.